there. Welcome to Innovators in Education podcast, where we showcase educators from all over the country who, through their use of innovative technology, have not only excelled in their schools and school districts, but are making a real change in their communities. I'm Pat Bhava, your host, and also the founder of Pick My Kid, where we believe in empowering schools with cost-effective school safety solutions so they can focus on what really matters, teaching and learning. Stick around till the end of the show and I will tell you how you too can be a guest on our show. So without much ado, let's dive right in. Hi everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Innovators in Education podcast, where we shine a spotlight on the movers and shakers who are driving change and progress in the world of education. They're pushing boundaries and challenging the status quo in order to create a brighter future for our students. Our guests are dedicated to finding creative solutions to some of the most pressing challenges faced by our schools and communities today. So sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we delve into the exciting world of education innovation and explore inspiring work by some of these trailblazers. Today, we have an exciting guest with us, Shelly Vermontes, who is the superintendent of Campbell Union School District and has spearheaded several innovative initiatives in our district. So we are really honored to have you in our, in our, in our podcast today, Shelly. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. And I'm honored to be here and share what little work we're doing in that whole big realm of education. Awesome. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give a little bit of introduction yourself, how we got started. More importantly, what is it about K-12 that made you dedicate your life to it? Well, that's an interesting dynamic because I went to school for business administration and marketing. But um, when my youngest was starting school, I I thought, you know, I always wanted to be an educator. I never aspired to be a superintendent. I've loved every position I've been in from the classroom to principal, director of special education, HR, all of that. And but doors opened up. And so I just walked through them. And uh, I, I think it's better when your whole motivation is, I just love what I'm doing. And I love uh, the change that I see that we're making for students and families. hundred percent. And, and, and this comes through in all our conversations with leaders in education. It's not the money, it's a passion. It's a passion is what, you, what keeps you going. And, uh, you know, it comes right through in your work and your career. So thank you for what you're doing. Um, so just switching gears here, um, I know you're big on technology and innovation in your district and you're kind of uh, a trailblazer in that aspect. So uh, why don't you dwell right into it and you know, how have you used technology effectively to solve some of the most persistent problems in your district? How did you leverage? And then also we'll get to the COVID part later, but go ahead. So um, we are actually, Campbell is, more of our schools are in San Jose. Most of our families are in San Jose. And so we're in the heart of Silicon Valley. And so being uh, around technology and things like that, that just sort of fits and makes sense, even though we um, six of our 12 schools are Title I. Um, and one of the commitments we have, so about five and a half years ago, we went on a different direction for strategic planning. And that resulted in us developing our profile of a graduate competencies. And so those are innovation, um, innovation, critical thinking, self-direction, collaboration, and empathy. 
And so each of those, in addition to the basic academic focus, we also made a commitment to our families that when students leave our system, they will have those five competencies, which we believe are going to allow them to navigate what I call their yet to be defined futures. And so, um, so by that nature, we, we knew that innovation was a big piece of our focus. Um, this TK through eighth grade school district, I've actually been working here for almost 30 years. And the irony is I actually went to kindergarten and first grade in the district. Wow, so, <laughs> life has come a full circle. Yeah, so I have a, quite a, a commitment to the district. And one of the things that matters to me is that our students are able to see their work in a real world setting. And so we've really worked with our community partners to bring the, their learning into how they would use it in the real world. Um, we do, we've done that in a number of ways, but one of the things that I think is a pride point for me, um, actually newer in my superintendency, we had a middle school that was just, we were tinkering around the, the sides of it, trying to change the culture, and our families just didn't want to go to that. So we made the very bold, um, took the very bold position to close that middle school, reconstitute it as a TK through eighth grade school. And we partnered with Stanford D Studio to have the platform for the educational program be around design thinking. And so that was a, a big challenge for me and also a huge opportunity for us. And so our students there do innovation projects. They share those with the community. They use empathy interviews to decide what they're going to focus on. And then whoever they're helping solve a problem through this design thinking process, they iterate a prototype. Then they get feedback from the group or the person, and then they reiterate the project. And this starts in kindergarten at this school, this process for leveraging design thinking. If I may really interject with a question. I mean, when you explained it, it sounds like a no-brainer. And, and in hindsight, it looks like, oh, duh, yeah, of course, underperforming middle school, you know, close it, let's get something innovative. But I'm sure going through that, the paces of actually closing a school, keeping your community together, conveying your passion, your vision, and getting them to adopt your, your vision for the future. I mean, that's a lot of change as a leader you got to go through. Talk to us about that. Like, you know, it's not so easy as an understated, like you said. I'm sure that you've gone through a lot of work doing that. Yeah, and any anybody who's ever been part of changing school boundaries knows that it has a little <laughs> bit of energy around it. Yeah. So we actually, it was a two-year process, and we worked with the staff and the families of the school that we were closing we shared data with, you know, the number of families that were leaving the school. And we also shared the things that we had done to try to mitigate some of the challenges. And we also were able to address the desire in our community to have a TK through eighth grade school. And so the first stage was successfully closing the middle school and making sure that we did that very thoughtfully with the students in mind, because that last eighth grade class so they had been in that middle school and then they got rerouted to our other comprehensive middle schools so we were very intentional about that blending and then um, as we were 
determining how to close the school well, we were also at the same time working to build this new idea and this new structure around the school that we were opening. And so the construction was part of that. We needed to have innovative learning spaces that actually lined up to the design thinking. So if you were to visit the school, you would see that they're um, kind of open classrooms with nano walls. So the classrooms close off, but then the grade level can come together for um, either a, an assembly type of thing or to do collaborative work. And so the whole learning space also, including the furniture, movable furniture and flexible furniture, all played into this idea of having a, a design thinking model. And we started, we opened at um, TK through second, and then each sub, su subsequent year, we've grown. And this year, we're actually fully enrolled TK through eighth grade. Wow, fantastic. You know, that that's that's the nuance which people don't get. Like, how do you actually manage the change? And how do you incrementally sell it to your community and take them along? Because that is the most important part as a leader. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for sharing that. So one other thing interesting, what, what, what jumped off of what you said, you know, uh, there's a perception that, hey, if, if, if the leadership is focusing on innovation and design thinking, maybe you're, you're leaving the, the lower performers off the table or because you said more than half of Title I. So there may be a perception that there's a dichotomy in your focus. And how do you, you know, address uh, the underperformers or, or, or people who need more help in your Title I schools and match that up with the, the higher thinking and, and these overachievers and really take everybody along? Well, and the irony is my background is actually in special education. That's how I started. And I was even a special education director. So I'm a strong believer that... Um, a student with learning variation can also achieve these types of things, actually sometimes better, better. because yeah. this shows their knowledge and their learning. And when they can see the why behind what they're doing, you've got that extra motivation. So it's a very different experience than a pencil bubble test. And yeah. so we actually find that some of our divergent learners excel in a setting like this. And again, the innovation hours, the way that the staff sets it up is the um, staff who have a passion and ex expertise in a certain area provide these optional classes that are multi-graded for students to take. So students are able to then use their voice and select things that are of an interest to them. And it can be from, we have podcasting, we have video classes, but then we also have ceramics and um writing. So it, it, we, we like to give the kids a, a wide variety of things to choose from. And then it also, we do, we do a lot of work around what is a problem that you see that you want to positively influence and how might you go about doing that? Absolutely. And I think you said it well, and that's why I preface my question with there's a perception that there is a, you know, it's meant for higher performers, but you'd be surprised you know, it 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 hits kids at all levels and the kind of innovation and spontaneity which comes from their real life problems, which they bring to the table, really opens the eyes. And I was part of one of these uh, uh, brainstorming sessions. So I'm part of the Thai network and I mentored the high school kids for uh, a pitch fest. And I, I, I was interested in, 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 in getting your thoughts about the innovation pitch fest which you have going in your district. Uh, 
because that has single-handedly changed the mindset of a lot of students I have interacted in my classes when I do this as a volunteer work with kids who go for pitch fest and they are they're they're kind of directed to finding problems within their life and their own little bubble and it just matches with the real life so much and we learn so much as adults from their thinking uh, so it has made me a better person and better startup CEO. So I, I want to get your thoughts on it because that's really interesting. And K-12 have a superintendent backing an initiative like that. That's music to my ears. Well, so one of the things that happened in California was um, we received uh, uh, one-time dollars mm -hmm. and basically to accelerate learning impact, you know, from the school closures. And and in our county, our schools were closed um, longer than in some other parts of the state. One of the things I was intent on, because it was one-time money, is making sure that I used it to build capacity in the system so that when the money was gone, the expertise would still be in place. So the first year, I put $100,000 of that aside, and we did a pitch fest for staff. And staff needed to come up with, based on data, some challenge that it had to be at least two teachers, preferably a grade level or cross-grade uh, team, but some thing that they were challenged by that with this infusion of money and support, they would be able to have a better outcome. And some of the things were around SEL, some were around clubs, and then they collected data. They did a board report at the end of the session, and we saw that it was worth it. So then this year, we wanted to include student teams on this. And so they had to have a sponsor, um, a staff member, or it could be a parent, but most of them are staff members. And then they had to do the same thing. What was a problem that they were seeing that they wanted to positively impact? And then they had their budgets that they turned in. And um, you know, then I was on the panel as well as uh, a couple of other innovative, you know, tech people in our area and a couple of board members. And, and so it was great ideas. One was um, just something around fleshing out their, their innovation space because they wanted more 3D printers, but they also talked about in their pitch, it wasn't just for the equipment in the room. It was a very targeted process for the fifth graders actually teaching the kindergarten and first grade students how to use the space and how to create things in the space. So our fifth grade students were taking ownership for designing activities for the younger students and then teaching them how to use the space. That was one. We, uh, we've just had some phenomenal um, pitches from our youth and I also think that um, what I'm saying to them is you matter, this is your school, and we want this to be a school that works for you. I also have a student advisory council where we co-create our agenda so that I can really hear from them directly when school's working for you, what does that look like? And when school isn't working for you, what does that look like? so that we can make those modifications. So it really is working for their needs right here, right now. Not giving what we students, think they need. Yeah, no, giving the students a voice in how they want to see things change. That's powerful. I think uh, channelizing um, some kind of student participation in the overall decision-making process, uh, and that's vital. And, and I'm glad you 
you you found a structure to make sure that their voice is heard in the overall uh, running of the school. Uh, I'm sure uh, there will be students who are like, oh my God, this is awesome. And they see a small input or a change which they, which they suggested, see it in fruition. Uh, that I'm sure you, you have proof points of that. Well, I, I'll, I'll share one that came up from my council from last year. You know, no big surprise. They had some thoughts around our the food that we were serving through our child nutrition department. Uh-huh. And um, and so I brought the director of child nutrition in. Um, he actually conducted some taste tests with, with the students. They rated them and he made adjustments to our menu. Uh-huh. Another thing we did, we have a, a very robust expanded learning program. So we actually worked with some local chefs and our child nutrition department and our middle schools had teams of students compete in a cooking competition and their foods were judged. And then the winning menu item, it was a ramen dish, was actually featured in our food services. And we accredited the winning team that this is brought to you by the students at Monroe Middle School. That is fantastic. I'm sure the students will be over the moon with that. And whether they like the ramen or not, but the accreditation of credit will have made them slurp the whole thing out. (laughs) Actually, it was a very popular dish. And and we were also able to use a very tangible way because I've said to the kids, our food's never going to taste like McDonald's because we have nutrition requirements that McDonald's doesn't have to adhere to. So yeah. part of that whole activity was them understanding and staying within the nutrition guidelines. And yeah. so they had some firsthand knowledge of why you can't use the same kinds of salts and things like that, yeah. that you might use uh, at home. So such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. You know, uh, you know, such a short span of time, we've already, you know, giving what, giving power to students to speak getting them on innovative pathways to solve their own problems in real life and uh, empowering them to think differently and just providing the platform for them to participate and be better citizens of tomorrow. These are you know, some of the great things which you, initiatives which you've kind of elucidated today. I'm sure the listeners are sitting there and thinking, huh, maybe some of these I could run with in my district, in my school. So uh, these are great. So let me ask you this question. I mean, a lot of uh, listeners always like to hear that. Uh, as they're hearing the podcast and they 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 get to know Shelly better now and they're like, I wonder what's in store for Shelly. Is she going to be a superintendent? Is she have uh is she going into policymaking? Is she wants a bigger voice, a bigger platform? What's in store? What can we expect? What are your hopes and aspirations for your future? That's a great question. And Yes, she intends to be a superintendent as long as those five people who are my bosses think that I'm doing <laughs> for the district. Um, I do, I, I do, I am very involved in legislative advocacy. I had joked with my husband about a decade ago. I said, you know, I really have an interest in policy. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I don't really have an interest in being married to someone who's buried in policy. And so I'll probably just stay and keep doing what I'm doing because I, I enjoy every day. It's not easy work, but it is fulfilling work. I am so blessed to have the creative people around me. I live by the adage, hire really smart people and just get out of their way. Absolutely. And, and, and this is something I I used to say to my team all the time is like, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. 
And if I can make that happen, I have one of the smartest people around me and, and all my problems are going to be solved. So, <laughs> so, so uh, it's some great insights there, uh, Shelly. And, 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 you know, with your ESL background and with your hands-on execution and really running a district efficiently for so many years, I'm sure your insights would be really valuable for the policymakers. And we would want some kind of your voice up there as well, whether you're there physically or whether you, 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 you get your voice heard. But what we are really hopeful for, uh, and we'll be tracking your progress and your career. I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners would want to follow you and cheer you along. Uh, so any uh, any way they can stay in touch or if somebody wants to reach out and say, hey, Shelly, I have a question. I have this and I have that. Can they reach out? What's the best way? Absolutely. I welcome that. So CampbellUSD.org, you can find me easily there or it's S. Veramontes, that's with a Z, at CampbellUSD.org or I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so, and I'm also on Twitter. I know some people have jumped off, but, um, I I'm still on Twitter because it's so far, I'm not seeing some of those things that we feared. If yeah. I do, then it'll yeah. be for a different consideration. I think the big thing for all of this that I would encourage my colleagues is to never forget who we're serving. And I, I was just sharing with a, a friend of mine who is actually a VP of Marcom at a tech company. And I said, you know, I take I have so much hope for our future because I see the passion and the curiosity of our students. And they're going to be able to solve a lot of the problems that we have not been as focused on solving as we should have been. 100%. So that, I, I really, that is very well said. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I feel very hopeful with what our students who are, I walk through kindergarten classes and I think to myself, we have no idea what types of things we're preparing for them for their future. Uh -huh. So they just have to be able to be adaptable and innovative and have a huge dose of resiliency. And and, and not too long ago, you were walking the same corridors as a, as a kindergartner. That's and, right. Uh, and just comparing ourselves with the new generation, they're so much more smarter, they're so much more abled, and they're, we just need to get out of the way. And I think they're going to do phenomenal in, in the near future. Uh, yeah. I agree. And one thing that I share with teachers is, you know, if Google or Siri can answer it, that question doesn't belong in the classroom. So really trying to make sure that we're we're having students figure out the nexus and the why this matters, not the facts and the dates Absolutely. and all of that. That is really powerful what you just finished with, because facts are facts has become a commodity and, and, and kids know how to access it. It is what to do with it, the, the thought behind it, the why behind it and and just the right morals, the right mindset is what matters today. You know, facts. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That is really powerful, Shelly. And, and, you know, fantastic. I'm sure a lot of learners have, have, have walked away with, oh, my God, I can use it tomorrow. Or <laughs> that makes that that's a powerful statement I want to imbibe and inculcate in my daily life. So I hope so. if anybody wants to come visit the Campbell School of Innovation, just let me know. Thank you. I'm sure somebody would take you up on that. And uh, on that note, I appreciate your time and all what you do in K-12 and for making our kids uh brighter future. So thank you again and uh, fantastic chatting with you and see you on the other side. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye.
Thank you all for listening to Innovators in Education podcast. If you like the podcast and you want to be on the show, please reach out to us through the website. We'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody who else would be a good guest, please tag them on social media. Let them know about us. I always love reading your posts and suggestions, so please keep them coming. And if you've got any takeaways from today's episode, please go ahead and share it on your social media channels because it means a lot to me and my team as we put a lot of work into it. We're putting out regular content like this every week. So please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any other content. And if you want to know more about what we do, go ahead and uh, go to our website, pickmikin.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. See you next time.